We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fraudulent forever, no matter how far the postseason bracket finds you. The regular season's not where titles are. Super Bowl glory always evades you. When the Packers get me down, there's always something I can do. I watch those purple chance stealing clowns in a big spot where they always lose. There ain't no mistaking fraud wins. They are faking their fans into thinking they're good. It's never changing. Paul Allen keeps wailing. I want this for the rest of my life. Fraudulent forever, the sad Vikings team. You'll never win a Super Bowl. Forever mediocre in the saddest of ways. And we have more lakes than you. And with that, good morning, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler. Welcome to Monday, January 16th. We have a lot to get to. We'll recap wildcard weekend, of course, starting with the Vikings losing. And Horvat and my Giants and our Bills. We played a Super Bowl bet, Bills over the Giants. We are still alive. We're also going to uh, talk a little bit about what Brian Gudikins had to say on Friday. Not a ton of information, at least new information, but the more that the Packers put themselves in front of a podium and the more Rodgers puts himself in front of a microphone, the more we'll be talking about Rodgers and the Packers. And so what I would like is for that not to happen. And we'll see if that happens. But we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Just cut a sample of the impromptu YouTube show I did with Tim Shea on Friday. So we'll play some of that. Also, over the weekend, I caught up with Brett and Tosa to talk about the Brewers. Brewers did something today that not a lot of people like, or over the weekend, I should say with the arbitration number on Corbin Burns. And um, it was obviously another piece of news that came out regarding the Brewers that I think is terrible or dumb or bad PR or whatever. And so Brett, who is often the one that I fight with online when I come after the Brewers, uh, we just thought we'd talk it out. So we talk it out a little bit and then uh, preview what we're going to do on Monday. The Bucks play the Pacers during the day for Martin Luther King Day and the NBA's 
in college basketball, there's two, there's some college basketball games on today, but with some of the country having off, is it up to most now? Is it half? I don't know. Uh, the uh, Some of the sports leagues decided to throw some games on there. And then, of course, there's a Monday night game tonight between the Buccaneers and Cowboys, uh, and that'll wrap things up for today's action. But we got a whole podcast to get to until then. So let's look at some of these wild card games. I'll start with the Vikings, 31 to 24. They finally lose a one score game. Was it 11 and 0 in one score games? They were all season. And then they lose a one score game in the playoffs, 31 to 24, the final. Uh, the Vikings were getting some breaks at the end. Uh, There's a roughing the passer penalty, which should probably not have gone the way that it did, but the Giants held firm. And they got a big day out of Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, who is somebody that I think has been okay, uh, good for the last few years. I think that Jones, you know, there's quarterbacks that take a while to develop. And I think sometimes we want to write quarterbacks off quick. We really have a tendency to either crown a guy super early, like we crown Mahomes, and that, okay, was for good reason, I guess. But we either crown guys super early or we write them off super quick because we always want to be the first to write them off and then uh, and then look right. So there's a lot of people that wrote off Jalen Hurts. They look dumb. There's a lot of people that wrote off Daniel Jones, and, and I think they look dumb. And, I, you know, sometimes there, there are quarterbacks that need a couple of years to get going. This is, what, his fifth? 301 yards, two touchdowns, 78 yards on the ground, including a drive where he basically, I tweeted this, it looked like one of those drives where the guy's like, all right, the world's watching me. I want to win the Heisman on this drive and this drive alone. Isaiah Hodgins, big game, eight for a buck, oh, five. Justin Jefferson held for the Vikings, seven to 47. Now, because the Packers did beat the Vikings, that's why they played in this game and not uh, hosted Seattle. So there was some good to come out of the Packers season. And I did go online and you did hear that song and, you know, you throw the Vikings right away. And when I'm a Packer fan and we lose in the playoffs and then I see the Vikings and Bears and Lions fans just break out of their daily routine and, and start ripping on us. I'm like, wow, why? This doesn't concern you. Why are you doing this? And I realized today because it's fun. And I saw a Vikings fan tweet, why are Packer fans, you know, you're awfully mouthy for a team that wasn't 500. Well, like you, you served us the ball. And so we're lobbing it back. Like it's been a decade of you guys dancing on our playoff losses and we're not in the playoffs. So we've got nothing really to cheer for except for your demise. So we're on the other side now. So yeah, we are going to be douches about it because we, because we enjoy it. So I suppose I understand that a little more, but I'm very happy the Vikings lost. It wasn't like in 09 when Favre lost to, you know, the Saints, because I was worried about that. Like, this this Vikings loss was coming. They, they, this was never going to be a team that made the NFC Championship. That, that was not going to happen. You knew this Vikings loss was coming, so it was just a matter of when. I like that it happened because it happened against a guy I've been uh, campaigning for, Daniel Jones, and again, Horvat and I have Bills-Giants as a matchup in the Super Bowl with the Bills winning. We threw 20 on there to win, uh, like, three grand, so... We are rooting for that matchup. So Vikings um, lost. That was good. The other NFC game that's been played so far, Seattle. Look, I thought Seattle could be an upset. I thought Seattle could be an upset. 
I posted a clip at halftime when they were up 17 to 16. They didn't got outscored 25 to uh, to to six. I think there is a Bart curse or a Bart Winkler show curse because Milwaukee basketball is hot. We sent Tim Shea to a game on Saturday, and then they lost. <laughs> I mean, there's just <laughs> Packers are playing well. I go to the Lions game, lose. I should stay away. If you ever see me show up at one of your kids' games for some reason, like I'm announcing or something, just tell me to leave. It's not going to be good. It's not going to go well. It's not. Not for you, not for me, not for anybody. But the Niners, you know, they looked every bit as dominant as you thought they would. Debo with a big game. McCaffrey with a big game. Brock Purdy just continues to be really good for them. So you'll have the Niners uh, probably going pretty far in this case. So Niners are going to play the winner of the Cowboys and Buccaneers game. Uh, and they will host them. So we could see we could see Brady go to San Fran. I don't think we've seen that in the playoffs. Uh, and we've if we have, I don't, I can't remember. But then Dallas and San Fran is like I keep saying I want one of these Super Bowls from the '90s, like Bills, somebody Bills Giants or Bills Cowboys, and we might get uh, Dallas Niners in the playoffs, which was always good '80s, uh, but especially well, no, the '90s, '90s, '90s. So San Fran, they won. Okay. The uh, AFC games, the Jacksonville game, crazy. 27 to nothing. The Chargers lead. And no Chargers fan felt safe at 27 to nothing. It's like when a man, you know, we always say like 14 nothing is a dangerous lead because you get up early. And then I've seen a ton of football games where you go up two scores and the other team comes back. Soccer, it's well known in soccer that two nothing is the most dangerous lead. Because you kind of let your guard down a little bit. They poke one in. Suddenly it's 2-1. You get tense up. They poke in another one. Happens all the time. But 27 to nothing? And then Jacksonville comes back. Uh, Brandon Staley cannot be the coach of that team. Uh, I, and I, I know that there's a Chargers curse hanging over that franchise. But Brandon Staley, when I say that I can coach a team to nine wins, I just – I really want it to be – I want it to be different for – kids growing up than it was for me growing up because me growing up it was like i'm telling you it, 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 we were so involved in like the youth and high school sports scene and you were made to think that the people that were just coaching in high school even the assistants were like some of the smartest people not just football minds but people ever and if you ever questioned them it was not even like like you know question your elders but never question, like, question the policeman, question the government, never question a football coach. And these guys are just as dumb as the rest of us. I mean, they, they are wholly a dumb group of dudes. This reverse pass thing that the Vikings tried to run with Jefferson and Cousins, Alan Lazard on the jet sweep the other night. I mean, they're just doing some dumb shit. I can do that. So that's why I say I think I can coach a team to nine wins. Sure, they got a scheme, and I and I understand. I just can't show up on Sundays. But I mean, the, these guys are awful on Sundays. I love that Trevor Lawrence, speaking of the days of the week, has never lost on Saturday. That's insane, especially down twenty-seven to nothing. College, high school, never lost on a Saturday, and now the pros' last couple games coming on Saturdays for them. The Bills. 
uh, you know, Dolphins gave them a game. They only won by three, so they more than covered. I always thought that was a game the Bills were going to win. You know, I, I am surprised that the Dolphins played as well as they did. I think the Bills gave them some opportunities. Josh Allen is throwing more interceptions than you would like, and he fumbled. But Josh Allen's going to beat Skylar Thompson every time in the playoffs. Uh, and then the, the game Sunday night, you know, it really looked like Baltimore was going to take a lead and score. And then they just slapped the ball out of Huntley's hands and scoop and scored it for 98 yards. So it was, it was a really good weekend. I think a lot of us going into this weekend thought, ah, it's going to be a bad weekend. It's going to be a ton of blowouts. There was a blowout, but then a one point game, a seven point game, a seven point game. Uh, you had four games, five games, a three point game. Yeah, four of the five games were one possession game. And a lot of it came down to the end. So I know the seven seeds never won, and we want to get rid of the seven seed already. But if these games are competitive, you know, bring them on. Bring them on. Dallas and Tampa tonight, very interesting matchup. Tampa's at home. I want to take Dallas, but it is Tom Brady. I think I took Dallas on the Friday show. Line's unmoved. I'm going to stay with Dallas. Two and a half point favorites. So a good weekend of football. Enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to a bunch of games today. Again, basketball and then a football game tonight. So it should be should be fun. Lots to talk about right now. And uh, and we'll do some more of that coming up. Brian Gudekinst, we'll talk about him. We'll talk some Brewers. And then wrap up with just a little bit on the Bucks weekend, dropping two games to the Heat, both without Giannis Adetokounmpo. Today is the last day for the 32% off sale at Happy Place Hemp. We're going to do it through the game tonight, the football game tonight. So, uh, I and this is what I love to see. I love to see when you guys, like, screenshot me your order. But I love to see people say, all right, I'll, I'll see what the fuss is about. Or, all right, I'll, I'll give it a try. I want to see, you know, what you guys are doing, how these gummies can help me. Um, I, I said I had some pain last week that's gone away with use of the gummies. I, so I'm taking them. I, they help me sleep. I take the CBD, CBN ones, the purple ones to help me sleep. Uh, kid was stressing me out. So sneaky sneak a, a Delta eight at one point, uh, took a nap with them. Uh, the, he didn't take one. I just threw the tablet in front of his face and I fell asleep. Um, that tablet, man, what a godsend. Every, every parent's like, oh, I'm going to keep the screen away from my kid. He knew like what, what number, uh, direct TV whole lifetime and AMC and by the time he's 18 months. So nah, I'm kidding, but pretty close. Uh, I do like when he touches my computer screen and tries to like swipe up, like it's a phone or his laptop. That's always cute. Um, but happy promo code is Bart CBDs, whether it's the oil or the gummies, uh, which is what we talk about a lot, the tinctures, and uh, I did stop in there and relayed some of the questions that you guys might have about the products. And you'll hear uh, me chatting with Chris and Rob in the next couple episodes as well. Just like little, uh, you know, mini commercial type things. Not as good as the uh, jingle, which I snuck in there the other day. That's their jingle they play. I'll get that back in another episode too. So good weekend. And, uh, and now here we are on Monday. Happyplacehemp.com, promo code BART, 32% off through the night of the 16th. Again, that's about a third off for their products, happyplacehemp.com. Vikings are trash, and uh, their fans are worse. More coming up. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Bart Winkler Show. Of course, the Packers did not play this weekend. That would have been fun to talk about another loss. We just got to do it a week earlier. And uh, Brian Gudikins talked on Friday. So the GM has his end-of-the-year presser. And that was important. So we uh, watched it. I went over to Tim Shea's house, went on YouTube. We talked for about 40 minutes after the presser. The entire conversation that we had is on YouTube. In a couple of minutes here, I just cut nine minutes of it, if you missed it, with some conversation about what does Goody want? Should uh, Matt LaFleur be bringing in Mike LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett? Tony in Texas jumped on. Paul Emig jumped on. And I was at Tim Shea's house. And I think a comment came on YouTube after we wrapped up the broadcast that Tim and I were looking (laughs) – we looked like we were Bert and Ernie (laughs) when we sat next to each other. Tim and I had a nice uh, fun Friday. Shot some videos at the Bradley Center. It was the four-year anniversary of when they imploded the roof on Friday. So I bought some flowers and laid it down at the Bradley Center site <laughs> and paid my respects to the one stately uh, structure in downtown Milwaukee. Went to fourth base. Good to go back to fourth base. Saw CJ and the crew at fourth base. Had gift cards. But very good, very tasty. Hey, nothing's better than their food, and nothing's better when somebody else paid your bill. I like the shaved steak sandwich. 
there's a lot of steak on it this time. I mean, it was it was messy, good messy. It was messy. Thinking about fourth base is I I do uh, I do always eat so much there. Uh, they're on national, by whatever the stadium's called these days. But I do require a nap afterwards. I took a nice nap on Friday. But we talked Goody and. Goody's presser right off the bat was Rogers this, Rogers that, Rogers, and it should be. That is a big question. What's going to happen with Rogers? Now, ultimately, I don't want Rogers to pop up for a while because I think the speculation dies. There's nothing new to talk about. Like on Friday, the topic of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers came up again because Goodikins talked and there was fresh content. There was a fresh excuse. They had Coward on it, uh, fourth base. And so Coward did a bunch of time on it, which he would not have done if Goody didn't talk. So this this issue about the Packers offseason, there's so many other things going on. There's The playoffs are happening that we would not talk Rodgers right now unless there's an excuse to talk Rodgers. So if nothing happens, if he – because, look, wounds are fresh. I get it. He's old. The end of his career is coming. I don't necessarily think he wants to retire. I also don't think he wants to keep playing. I just think that he knows what his life's like if he keeps playing and he doesn't know what it's like if he retires. I think that's why a lot of these guys come back. I mean, that seems like why Tom Brady's still playing. And that game tonight, Cowboys Buccaneers. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what Rodgers does. And I, I don't think that needs to be the topic of conversation right now. I think we can put it off for a while unless Rogers talks again on McAfee and then he'll say the same thing he said about, I don't know, whatever, but then it'll give us fresh content. Okay. So if Rogers doesn't say anything and nobody asks LaFleur anything and Goody doesn't talk anymore and nobody gets Jordan love on one of these shows, then the conversation can, can we can try to just table it for a while. And that's ultimately what I'd like to do. Because that's that's this is one of the reasons why I want to get off the Aaron Rodgers ride. It's not 100% Rodgers. Some of it is the peripheral that goes along with it. And the counter to this is always, we'll ignore it. Ignore. Okay. All right. Okay. You try to ignore anything Aaron Rodgers coming up in the next three months. Just try to ignore it. Try try to ignore it. Try to not seek it out. Don't search it out on Twitter. Don't look at the don't. That's what you already do. Some reason it pops up. Don't seek it out. I'm not. I haven't been seeking it out for five years. Keeps popping up every time, time this guy opens his mouth. I'm firmly on the love should be the quarterback. I'm firmly on that. I don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers because I don't want to see him somewhere else, but that's an emotional thing. What's best for the Packers is we got to see. I mean, they should have seen Jordan Love, right? We can retroactively say that. But the big thing for me is we keep talking about when Goody was asked about this, is there a quarterback competition? And they say, well, one's a four-time MVP. Yeah, okay, those are things that he has done. Love doesn't has a resume to compare to because you never let the guy fucking play. You never let him play. How's he supposed to have a resume? Yes, Rodgers. And I, real quick aside, him winning those MVPs does nothing for me as a fan. Okay. Like, I like when Giannis wins it. That is different to me. When people are like, oh, we got to watch Rodgers win four MVPs. That means nothing to me. 
In fact, that's more insulting. He had that good of a year, and we didn't win a Super Bowl? So that goes back to why I'm pissed at the Packers. The guy's won four MVPs since the Super Bowl. And he hasn't gotten there for his reasons, and you haven't gotten there with him because you suck too. I don't get any joy out of watching. That's not... We get to watch. I don't care about that. I really don't. I really do not. It comes down to you had three straight years of a home playoff game or elimination game, and you didn't get it done. And we're paying you $60 million for that. And the Niners can dart throw and get Brock Purdy. It comes down to you are not delivering on the value of what we are paying you. It comes down to they were four and eight. The writing was on the wall. And it would have been the cleanest, like there would be no PR hit or no ego hit. You're four and eight. Aaron Rodgers was injured. He literally said he was injured. He told you where and essentially told other teams how to hurt him. You're four and eight. He tells you how to hurt him. It's it's an you have a 1% chance in the playoffs. It's real easy to say, all right, bye week's coming up. We're gonna sit you down, get you healthy. You'll be healthy for next year, but also we got to see what we have in Jordan Love. And I don't think Rodgers ever wanted to see Jordan Love play because if Jordan Love played really well, they would trade Rodgers. And that goes back to, I don't think Rodgers wants to be traded. That's why he structured this. That's why he was so adamant to have another contract. He does not want to be traded. If he is done with football, he wants to walk away on his own terms in Green Bay. He does not want to be traded. I I feel so confident that he does not want to be traded. They talk about that coming up here, but. I don't think he wants to get traded at all. So he doesn't want to see Jordan Love play. He likes Jordan Love, and he'll he'll watch Jordan Love play on Sundays like the rest of us after he decides to retire. He didn't want Jordan Love to come in there, win those four games, and then what if they did get to the playoffs? You know, there was still that. What if they, And then he's got a coach and a GM that are too, like, they're not gonna they're not gonna force the issue. Hey, Rogers says he wants to play, gives us the best chance to win. Does he? I don't know. We don't know. We'll never know. The stat lines that Rodgers put up these last four games, especially against Detroit, Love could have done that. Kirk Benker could have done that. Engel Martin could have done some of that. Craig Nall could have done it. JT O'Sullivan could have done it. But we gave it to Rodgers. We said, okay, we believe in you. You're Aaron Rodgers. We're four and eight. We have no shot at this. But if anyone's going to do it, it's you. And he brought him back. And they won a bunch of games and he had people believe him. And then he got the elimination game on Sunday night. The whole NFL was watching. The NFL put Packers Lions on Sunday night, knowing the Lions probably wouldn't have anything to play for over a true elimination game in Jacksonville and Tennessee because of Aaron Rodgers, because of his star power. So he got them to that position where it's an at-home game. Uh, in the cold, like you like you think you like. That's a big falsehood right now with the Packers. Is we think we want to be at home in January. No, I want to be the I want to be the five seed. I want to be Dallas. I want to lo- I want to take second in my division and be on the road the whole time. We can't play at home. Not with this guy. It's too old. So we we gave you that, and then we got nothing. So you said it was a hail mary chance. It was a one in a million, and we said, all right, we believe in you. And he did not get us there. And we lost the four weeks of seeing what Jordan Love could do. 
So if if you're going to be on the camp, give him one more chance. That was his one more chance. That was that was it. He's done. It's time to move on from Aaron Rodgers. And I don't, I don't, I know, you know, some of these people, I'm really trying hard to not be a real like dick on Twitter because I see a lot of people just putting tweets out there saying good things about Aaron Rodgers, knowing they'll get 9,000 likes. It's just, it's all they're doing. And good for them. Maybe that's their strategy, but just, it's so phony. You can't tell me. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so insane. We're so beholden to this guy. Why? It's 12 years ago. Spark, I called in. I did the Friday show with Ryan Horvat. Spark, I left a voicemail on the Carl's Place voicemail line. Carl's Place, 402-915-BART, 402-915-BART. Bart, Spark guy here. Listening to Horvat on Friday. Had to call. Super triggered by Rogers is uh, the defense of Rogers by Horvat. You know, first off, good luck at the gout. That is not a joke. So uh, take care of yourself and all your joints, particularly your toes. Yeah, talk about Horvath, though. Um, he must have said like 20 times, I'm not making excuses for the guy. And then he made excuses. And it was all blaming everybody but Rogers. One point that I was just like, not really clear on was when he said it must be easy for Patriots fans. Like, they went 10 years without a title. People got to remember that. 04 to 14, they had some huge disappointments, particularly the undefeated year. But Brady kept pushing through. Is Rodgers still pushing through? I don't even think he's invested. Uh, but I think the main thing I wanted to ask about or talk about was I clearly are on why people hate Rodgers. It is not about the vaccine. Like, everyone continually pegs it on that, puts it on that. It's that he's a lot. No, pause. The only people that put it on the vaccine are the people that want it to be about the vaccine. Aaron Rodgers being manipulative with his words and that is part of what I don't like about him. He did not choose to get the vaccine. I mean, it's, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. And if, 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 if that's the reason why I don't like him after two years, then I've cut out a lot of people out of my life. All right. The only people that bring up the vaccine are the people that want it to be about the vaccine. The only people that want a culture war on gas ovens are the people that bring up, you know, two M&Ms are dating now? Girls? He just flat out lies about literally everything. Uh, You can go far back as when he said he had lunch with his folks, but it was really his friends. Like, he's always lying about anything and everything. And if it was truly anti-vax, I seem to to bring up the fact that there's somebody that was just as anti-vax as him, Kirk Cousins. We were talking about being in a bubble, but you got to respect the guy. I'm pro-vax, but he came out and said how he felt, and that was it. And he got some flack for it, but I don't hear a single person bring that up about him. Um, you know, Horvath did have a moment of clarity. He said he's too loyal, but then he moved back to defending Rodgers. He's on the right track at that moment of, of clarity. Um, it's stubbornness, though. He's being stubborn rather than loyal, and he's just got to be stubborn about Rodgers. And, and Ryan, before you call me a Chicago fan and dismiss this, it's the equivalent of me defending Sammy Sosa. I'd never do that. So, all right, take care, everybody. Bye. All right, yeah, that's a good point about Kirk Cousins. He's the same thing. People love Kirk Cousins. Whatever. Uh, all right, uh, Carl's Place voicemail. Carl of et.com backslash Bart. They have golf simulators. They'll custom build them for you, or you can pick out what you like and slap it in your garage ASAP. Carl of et.com backslash Bart. 
And you can check that out on my Twitter page at Winks Things. So Goody did talk, and it did lead to some discussion. Now, he didn't say much else. You know, there's guys under contract. There's guys not under contract. Goody was not going to say really anything. It wasn't so much, here's some things. Here's my plans for the summer. It was, hey, I'll, I'll stand in front of this microphone so you have fresh content when you want to talk about the same things you've been talking about all week. That's what it was. That's what it was, and that is what it will continue to be under the regime. But it's always fun to speculate. And afterwards, we did go live on YouTube. Here's just about eight minutes of it. Conversation me, Tim Shea, Tony in Texas, Paul Imig. If you want to see the whole thing, it is a YouTube video on the Bart Winkler Show YouTube page. We'll uh, have that and then come back and talk some more brewers. But this this section's from Friday. And if you already saw it, just skip it. It's nine minutes. Just skip it and get to the brewers. That's why the podcast is great. If you're ever like, if you're ever bored or think, Bart, why are you talking about this again? So just fast forward and get to the next thing. Love it. Unless you're a completist, you can fast forward or 1.5 speed me, whatever. I'm here for you. Would Gunkus want Rogers back because he knows he needs to have consistent years of winning because Murphy might be on his way out? Is like, does that play into his like headspace? Like, I, I need to make sure that I have some kind of sustained winning because Murphy might be on his way out next year. Yeah, that's a good thought. I had not put it that, I mean, it is his boss, right? I know it's not a typical ownership structure, but Mark Murphy is his boss. Um, I don't like in general, I mean, Ted Thompson is an outlier in the sense that he was willing to take the public backlash to trade and get rid of a first ballot hall of fame quarterback. That's really rare. Like most yeah, I miss Ted. You don't want it. Like most people, don't you didn't realize how good we had it with Ted. Because Goody's Goody's like he can't do shit because there's too many emotions flying around that building. Yeah, I mean most. I mean, if, if Ted would have just let someone else handle free agency, Ted would have been great. <laughs> you know, like, but yeah, Goody should have been the free agency guy. Yeah, he was just, there. Just let Goody do free agency. Um, so no, I mean, totally, in Weber State. Tony, it's a good thought, um, but again, I, just, I just think I think more than anything, I think the underlying point I would make is more than anything, most people don't want to take – they don't want to be the one that traded Aaron Rodgers. They don't want to be the one that right. traded Brett Favre. These guys are – like, it's easier to be consistent. It's just an easier play, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I just think it's the path of less resistance. Yeah, there's more of a known – like uh, quantity there you just you know what you're getting with rogers it's ultimately going to be disappointment at the end so why not jump in the pool instead of just putting one foot in i don't think i mean if you know brian goodenkins would never say this publicly but if aaron Rodgers retired voluntarily and took a marketing deal with the packers right and I, i saw that floating around twitter the other day like why don't they, you know, they flew down to Mississippi. Like, yeah, they offered Favre 20 Favre, million to yeah. retire. Yeah. Like, I, I think Brian Gudikins, in his heart of hearts, would not mind Aaron Rodgers retiring. I don't think he wants to trade him. I don't think he will. Well, they should I, give him $50 million for a marketing deal, but $100 million to just absolutely go away. Because I still don't want Rodgers on McAfee next year being retired and being like, well, geez, uh, the Packers, oh, man, they should have fucking done this. Hey, another question for you, Bart and Paul. <clears throat> Does – Rogers not want to get. I don't think he wants to get traded because he has power in Green Bay. Like he doesn't want to get traded because yes, absolutely. He, he he's got everything he wants here. He does not want to get traded. He does not. A thirty-nine year old 
does not want to go start over after they've been for a place for many years. Okay. I was wondering if you appreciated the subtlety of your comment, Bart. I figured you were talking uh, about yourself as well. Yeah, he doesn't want – and then he's going to have to like – oh, he wants to uh, – Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers. Sean Payton, wherever Sean Payton goes, he's going to be like, I'm fucking Sean Payton. We're doing things my way, and Rodgers ain't going to buy into that. Rodgers, yep. is a guy who, Rodgers is a guy who's like – his coach is just happy that he remembers his name and calls him by his name. Here, Rogers, let me, is a, Rogers is a coach who is like a he's like a friend. I, I don't Bart, I don't entirely disagree with you, but here's my counter to that. What do you think? What do you what would you guys say Aaron Rodgers' approval rating is amongst Packer fans? Like just ballpark. 65. I was gonna say 50. I would have I was gonna say about 70%, 60. What, what do you think, Tony? If he gets traded to Washington, to Indiana, to Indianapolis Colts. What do you think his approval rating is the day he walks in that door? 99 or 100? 100. Right. So I would say the one counter to it is he would be a, a hero on day one. He could take the Colts to nine wins, and they'd have the statue in there before they would have it at Lambeau. Yeah, Ford. but then if, if things didn't go well, like that's how Denver was about Russell Wilson. Denver, they hate Russell Wilson because he sucks. If Rodgers goes, goes somewhere and sucks – they're going to turn on him. He could be here and suck, but he's done so much that and this is kind of what we've been talking about all week. People are just so happy they saw him. They don't, they don't care. They, they, they want to see him like playing until he's 50 because he's earned it. Another question. If, if Rogers came to the Packers and said, I want to take a pay cut, would that make you feel better? If Rogers came to the Packers and said, I want to take a pay cut, I would jump on my flying pig and go to this moon and come on, Tony. Bart, what if the fan had told you we're going to keep you on air and I want you to take a 50% pay cut? Would you do it? Yeah, they should have at least offered us a pay cut deal. They should have. Uh, I would have done it probably. You would have done it. I was curious. Okay. Bart, what's what's 50% of very little? <laughs> yeah. I would have I still needed probably to start this podcast or DoorDash or something. Either, either way, you're using coupons, Paul, when you're going grocery shopping. Yeah. Now, the only thing I'd say, Bart, about like Russell Wilson in Denver is it went terribly, but ownership is trying very hard to not blame Russell for that. They're firing the coach. They're doing all these things. Like, so, in, you know, the Colts would do the same thing. Washington would do the same thing. If things didn't go well, they'd say, oh, this is Ron Rivera's fault. Oh, this is the head coach's fault. Oh, this is the GM's fault. So, like, Russell Wilson is getting the benefit of the doubt from the organization. The fans might not be giving Russell Wilson the benefit of the doubt, but the organization is. And that's the kind of power that Rodgers would wield if he went to a, you know, a crappy franchise. So, I right. mean, I, I don't know. I, I think, again, we all agree that he would go from a 50% to 70%, depending on whose rating you take, a, approval rating from fans, to like a hero on day one with 100% approval rating. And I, I, think we think, I think we agree that Rodgers likes to be liked. I think that's among his priorities, uh, among his things that he cares about. He probably would tell you he doesn't, but he does. Well, well, the first time that there was ever like, hey, this guy's kind of uh, – he's like, oh, uh, cancel culture, woke mob. Rogers, we – no, come on, dude. Yeah. Although State Farm did take his commercials off the air for a weekend. Hey, uh, Paul, you're absolutely right about Rogers. Look at Hackett. Hackett's considered one of the worst coaches ever now. He's not one of the worst coaches ever. No. Come on. He, he no. didn't just become a terrible coach. Maybe he wasn't ready for that situation, 
but Russell Wilson ultimately got him fired, right? Of course. And that's what Paul, that's what I think would happen with Aaron Rodgers too. By the way, by the way, the problem here that Lafleur is in is he's in a non-win situation. His former offensive coordinator, you know, Hackett, is available. His brother is available. These are two people that, you know, in Hackett, he's already hired. If if Matt Lafleur wasn't Mike Lafleur here, dude. Yeah, but seriously, like <laughs> Lafleur's running around. So wait, don't you, you want to work with your brother? Hey, what do you think we should call here? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. What would mom want us to do? Get me the <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah, but seriously, if your brother, if you're Matt, if you're Mike Lafleur, and hey, you've got Nixon made the AP All Pro team. Oh, nice. Good. Only thing. Well, yeah. Who Bart, Matt well, and Mike Lafleur fight Dan Campbell. Who wins that? Who? Mike and Matt Lafleur take on Dan Campbell two on one. Who wins the fight? Oh, Matt Campbell. Who's Matt Campbell? Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Don't touch me. Sorry. Dan Campbell wins two on one. Yeah, well, see that, but Matt yeah. Matt oh, Matt, yeah. Matt Lafleur would just be trying to like negotiate a peace deal, so he wouldn't really be involved. <laughs> yeah, he'd use his brother as a shield. No, but seriously, if if you are Mike Lafleur, your your buddy, your brother's buddy, Robert Sala hired you, then fires you. If your brother Matt Lafleur won't hire you after that, I mean, if your brother you're, won't hire you, your career you're is the you're out. Like, if your brother doesn't hire you, you're... You're going to Luke Fickle. You're working for Luke Fickle after that. Which might not be a bad thing. No. All right. I guess what, I don't what, have what much more get, to what say. If we, hold on. What if we get a Fickle bat signal, and it turns out it's because he's hiring Mike LaFleur? Luke Fickle is, like, the greatest resident of Wisconsin of all time. He's only been here for a month. I'll tell you this, it, it, his presence and all of this stuff that's happening with the Badgers might be enough to actually get me to watch a Badgers game. Hey, wow. There we go. Which hasn't happened. It might get me. It might do enough to get me to go. Yeah. Absolutely. That guy to your go. right, Scott. Yeah, Let's go watch Buffalo week one. Don't touch me. Little Badgers at the end there. Back to Monday's show. Yeah, Badger billboards are going up across Milwaukee. They And I guess Chicago. They are doing an incredible job of getting people hyped up for something that's not here for another eight months. Buffalo's their first opponent. They have a schedule that is very doable. I actually saw Buckeyes. Well, I don't know. You know, now on Twitter, like you just see things that you don't follow. I know you can, but I saw Buckeyes wire win loss already with predictions and scores. Ohio State's schedule next year, and I thought, oh, gee, oh geez. And I look through it, and they have them winning every game, except for against Wisconsin. So look at the instant credibility. This this Ohio State, they're beating Notre Dame. This guy thinks they're beating Michigan again. But he comes to Wisconsin. They're going to come to Wisconsin and lose. So Ohio State fans who will never admit fault in anything, they're, they're giving the Badgers some respect. I think, that, I think that goes a long way. I think that's big. Speaking of uh, respect and teams that don't have any, the Milwaukee Brewers – the issue that I had, so they, they're trying to avoid arbitration with some of these people. They avoided it with Willie. They avoided it with Woodruff. When you're arbitrary, they're under team control, but the contracts go up every year. And so you and the player decide on what that's going to be, and if they don't like it, you go to an arbiter. So the Brewers, I think this was on Friday. They uh, they had a they 
Corbin Burns filed at 10.75 million. The Brewers filed at 10.01 million. And I said poverty franchise. So Burns says, I think I should be making 10.5 million, 10.75 million based on uh, the the way that things are going. I mean, Burns could say, I think I should get 30 million, but there's frameworks here. And the Brewers say 10.1. With some of these other guys, like, all right, we'll just settle. But they're really going to fight this guy over $750,000. And it's not, it's, it's not, it's just another thing that makes them look shitty and cheap. People are telling me, you don't know how arbitration works. Well, yeah, I do. It's a process where the brewers can try to lowball their guys. <laughs> I know you've never owned a business if you have this take. Uh, I do own a media company. Just started. Thank you. Uh, I'm just, I'm the only product, but I own myself. So Burns, Burns filed at 10.75, Brewers filed at 10.01. And if anything, it's just the, the, it, again, it's the PR part of this for $750,000. Not only do you not alienate Burns, but for $750,000, the Brewers can avoid the PR hit. They don't, they don't care about the PR. They just think you're going to be there. And for many years we have, and I wonder if that changes, but now my son, you know, he's going to be four next summer. And every time we drive by the stadium, he says he wants to go there again. So I'll probably end up spending more money going to Brewers games next year, but, and then that's how they get you maybe. But I'm also someone who wants my son to like sports. Some of these, you know, some of these kids, they don't get the pressure because their dads or parents are just like, I mean, like what, yeah, like, like what you like kid, but also it better be sports. So I just think it's another PR mistake. And one of the things that I get involved in online a lot is my good buddy, Brett in Tosa online. We're like the complete opposite of each other. If the brewers do something, he says, Oh, this is actually good because, and I say, Oh my God, this is the dumbest thing they've ever done. I think Brett thinks I have no real opinion on the brewers. It's just my bit to be a heel on them. And instead of just calling him out on my podcast and not letting him respond over the weekend, I talked with about the Brewers, Brett and Tosa. All right. I got Brett and Tosa here. Brett and Tosa is, you know what I'm going to do? You know, like I could have Brewers guests on and we could break down baseball, but I think it's more interesting to not have like uh, experts as much as people that just wildly disagree with everything I fucking say. So Brett and Tosa's here. Brett, you and I were fighting last week online. It got, you know, we're friendly, fire, but it got a little, like, heated. And then we both forgot what it was about. You had said that the Brewers canceled their on-deck because of fan backlash. You don't really think that, do you? I mean, I I think it might have played into it. I mean, if you're if you're running the Brewers, why would you want to put all your – executives and players out in front of fans that don't appreciate them and just want to bitch about everything they do. Well, you know what uh, is going to happen is instead of them having an on deck event that maybe has less people than they thought, they've decided to do this warm up event at a bar that only holds 600 people. And I bet you six, 7,000 people try to go. And so there's going to be six, 7,000 people that can't get in and the brewers will have just unforced air fuck themselves again because they're going to have 6,000 people and their little tiny families 
all pissed off. I, I've never seen a dumber run team, and I root for the Packers. <laughs> no, you're right. I, that, I think it's at dugout 54, right? It, I could be wrong on that. but it, You're right. Um, yeah, it, there's going to be a ton of people there, and I, I forgot what we were arguing about, but um, it kind of – the underlying argument that we have is the Brewers – fandom and the support the fan base and their support of the team right now right and you 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 were chirping at me a couple weeks ago for something else stupid yeah probably because the bucks yes the bucks said hey yana scored 55 so we're gonna give two tickets for 55 and a ten dollar voucher yeah that's what it was yeah yeah. right and i was like oh okay and then you're like oh don't tell bark because he hated the six dollar voucher and then you like did math about what percentage of I just want you to know that I don't see the brewers and say, how can I spin this into something that makes me like come out as the heel here? I don't I, know if that's true. I think no, I'm, 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 I'm promise. I'm unless it's deep, <laughs> deep, deep, like down in the quantum realm subconscious, because where I'm at with the brewers is like, we, we just said they had this, on deck event where people hundred, I mean, I, I would go to this thing to cover it and the, the lines to get in were tremendously long. And now you're not going to get people traveling for this other thing because you know, they, they know they probably won't get in because I'd have my buddy from Nina come down and people from lacrosse or whatever. But now the brewers are, they've trained us to know about this big event. They didn't have it last couple of years because of COVID or whatever. And now they're going to do it at a bar and let 600 people in. They just, they are, I just don't think they're run very well. Yeah. And let me get this straight. I'm not, I'm not super pissed off about Brewers on deck being canceled. I mean, I, I usually went and I enjoyed it, but it, it's not a big deal. And my thing, well, I, did, I just think that everything they do is a mistake. Yeah. My thing is, it, my thing is that exactly is the narrative around the Brewers right now. Um, and nothing they can, like you just said, not, nothing they do is, is a fans think is right. I mean, they, they could have went out and signed, I, someone had it on Twitter. If they would have signed Wilson Contreras, the fan base would have absolutely loved it. But instead, we traded William Contreras, traded for William, and I think people are on board a little bit. But it didn't—they're like almost the same catcher. Like Wilson has a better track record, but I just think every move they make, fans are upset with right now. I'll uh, agree with you that in the off season, because then those graphics start going around that they've spent no money, but they did make some moves. And I do think that Wilson uh, William Contreras move is really good. I think yeah, it's really I mean, good. People people hate on the Jesse Winker trade because he was awful last year, but like he was. Well, I like the, Jesse Winkler. He was even one of the best no in baseball the two years before that. So like, and he's a Brewer I, killer. Yeah, he was. Um, so I I like what they're doing. I listen. My my thing is, and I disagree with uh, Spark Guy on this. And I think I sent you a voicemail a couple weeks ago when you guys had that talk, but. The Brewers can't spend $200 million. And I personally, I don't think they can spend one cent. I mean, can they? Yes. But they're going to lose money, in my opinion, if they spend 175 So I I wish they'd be in like that 140 150 range. Right now they're not. So I, I'm a little, little disappointed as well. But I, I think they're working on some things. I just want you to know that I do not see the news first and then figure out how to spin it negative on the Brewers. I know you think I do that, and I know that I'm not convincing you that I don't do that. Well, let me ask you this part, because I feel like your opinion is much closer to 
the rest of Brewers, the fan base than mine is. So, yeah, because we're all right, Brett. <laughs> I don't know if that's correct. You're but... the dis- you're the one dissenter. <laughs> you're like six dollar voucher. I I would have taken a four dollar voucher. Love you. <laughs> Thanks for thinking of me. So it all goes back to the Josh Hader trade, right? And I mean, we can't. Listen, I agree with you. The 2022 season and Josh Hader trade are, are tied together forever. You can never separate it. It backfired, ruined the season. But what can this team do to get yourself and, and other fans back on board? Because the because it it's rough right now as, as a Brewers fan. What can they do to get me back on board? Yeah. You know what I've uh, – this offseason has kind of done for me is – it's taken where I'm at with the Brewers is I'm less, I'm, I'm less on Mark right now. Like I'm let like baseball's fucked. And I think what the Brewers did with the hater trade, what their thinking was, was this is the only way we can compete and we have to do stuff like this. And this was their last shot at trying to bite the apple in, in a way that, you know, try to get in, see what happens. That That's the best they can do. They can't go out and buy all these guys. They can't afford to get, you know, Carlos Correa, even though no one knows if he's going to even be healthy. But they can't afford, like, Trey Turner. Like, they're not even in the discussion. The Mets, you got a team like the Mets that didn't get Correa. And some of their fans, and I like the stake from them, some of their fans are like, you know what? I'm glad we didn't get Correa. Because you know what it does? It's going to make every other fan base worried that we're coming for their guy next. And they're already talking Shohei Otani and they're talking whoever. So that is just a, that is just a part of baseball that we are never going to know if there's not a salary cap. One of the things I said with on CBS sports radio is that fan bases like us should root for the Mets because the rich teams, there's like eight or nine rich teams well, they don't, they don't want to see a change. But now that there's one team that's like super rich, the poors are not going to get the rich to change. The rich are going to get, you know, once the, I've said this point like 9,000 times and I'm fucking it up on this 9,001th, but first, but when the super rich are mad because a really rich guy. So if, if there's ever going to be change, I think it would be one team outspending all the other rich teams because they've said, oh, there wasn't collusion, but you know, we had a 300 threshold, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm like the brewers are screwed. They cannot compete the same way that uh, these other teams can compete. So I've, I've kind of, this off season has helped me see that a little bit. So my, all of my brewers angst, it's going to be less on Mark. Cause I, I do think that they're going to try to win as many games possible. And that's the best I think that they can do. I hate fucking how Rick Schlesinger runs his ball club. I think he sucks at his job. I think he's bad at it. I completely agree with everything you said. I don't. I can't speak to the Rick Schlesinger thing. I, I think the Brewers have been extremely well run until August of last year. And oh yeah, Rick used to be great. He'd be he'd be in the little dugout with Sophia, and they talk. Oh, another fun promotion. Man, I'm telling you, that six dollar voucher thing changed it all for me. I'm t- that's that's the Josh Hader trade of PR relations. <laughs> No, I, I agree with everything you said. And I like the last small market team that won was the Royals, right? And I was pulling for the Royals. But ever since then, I've I've taken the approach that you just talked about. And Cleveland was in the 
made a little bit of a run in the playoffs this year. And I was cheering for the Yankees as hard as anyone because I don't want another small market team to win until it's the Brewers. Because just like you said, the more the more success these large markets have, it's just going to prove to people that um, there, there's a problem. And it people will talk parity. The, the reason there's parity because the game of baseball, like it, the the Pirates can sweep the Dodgers in a three game set, and that's just that's just how baseball. Works. Right, there's so, parity there, but the Pirates are still going to win no more than 70 games and the Dodgers will win a hundred. So exactly. it's like any given Tuesday, but the parody is, it's not parody. It's, uh, and, and can a small market team have a good year or two? Can a small market team have a good year or two? Yeah, sure. But it, it's really hard to sustain it over a period of time. That's the thing the Brewers are trying right now. And the reason I'm not in the go all in approach is because, okay, put Aaron judge and Carlos Correa on the Brewers. Are they still a top three team in the league? Probably not. Like that that's as big of a talent gap as there is between the Mets and teams like that and the Brewers. So let's just get in every single year, try to give ourselves a chance. And as long as you have good pitching like they do right now, I think it's the right approach. Now, what happens with Burns and Woodruff? If, if they let both of those guys walk out the door in two years and then you're kind of not really competitive, well, then, <laughs> then you probably should have went all in. So, well, yeah, they, they might, and then now, now you got to pay these, and this is, you know, this is part of where I'm trying to come at this. Is now they're going to have to pay those guys. They're going to have to pay Willie if you want Willie around here. I don't know with the short, shortstop market how that's going to work. I think for me, what's going to be hard is I am a fan who thinks that championships are the end all be all, and I've been fighting about this with the Packers. Like, yes, I've had days that were fun in the last twelve years, but ultimately they failed every single year because they had a team good enough to win the Super Bowl and they had championship aspirations every year. They they were a Super Bowl favorite, top three. The Bucks are in that position where they're, you know, I know that not every team, like you look at some of these teams in the NFL, even teams are in the playoffs. The Jacksonville's not going to win the Super Bowl. Dolphins aren't going to win the Super Bowl. Not every team can have Super Bowl aspirations. The Packers did and the, and the Bucks do. And so that's, I want a championship or I think the year is a failure. Now with the Brewers, the way that baseball continues to have and have not itself, I may, I mean, getting in is like their only chance. So I guess from the front office perspective, and I, I'm saying this now and not previously, because I think that for me, this off season really, it really exaggerated the point. Like I still think there were there were things the Brewers left on the table. There was more money that Mark could have spent, and there were there were trades they could have made. I think to give themselves a better shot. But now they've traded Hater. They got it. They got it. It's just it's they're it's not the same playing field. So I guess for the Brewers, I'm going to root for them to win every day, and then if they get in the playoffs, then we go. But it's just not the same, and it sucks. No, I, I completely agree. And that's why I've told Tony in Texas before, you know, his, I think his, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think his approach is he just, he can't get, he loves baseball, but he just doesn't have the same fire as he used to because of the salary cap. And I, I don't fault anyone for that. I, if you want to say that you don't love the Brewers as much, just because that's how it works. That's how base the market thing is. I completely understand. I just don't like the people that are out the outside the stadium with pitchforks saying spend more money and sell the team because you don't understand how the how the economics of baseball works if that's your take. So now they could do better for themselves if they had competent front office leadership 
instead of holding pub crawls at fucking dugout 54 do an on deck event yeah i agree and that that kind of leads me into something else you know i I've always said that the front office has complete control and Mark's not involved. And I think that was true until August 1st of last year. And your boy Grant pointed this out to me on Twitter. And I think he's spot on is that when that Josh Hader was trade was made, Mark's involved again. And that scares me. But then Mark was like, I didn't expect it to happen. Shut the fuck up. No, even if Mark, even if Mark didn't tell, even if Mark didn't tell Stearns, I need you to trade Josh Hader. I, I, and maybe he didn't, but Stearns has his whole career of like knowing what this guy wants. And it's just like when you have a boss, you know what they want, you know what they expect from you. So you do things that are in line with the company's vision. And the company's vision is young, acquirable, t- young, controllable talent. Well, and so I think the Brewers went out and traded and not having to spend a bunch of money on these guys when they're not going to be able to afford it. So even if Mark never called up Stearns and said, hey, if there's a Josh Hader trade, do it. Stearns was operating under the MO that the boss gave him. Well, yeah, I I think everyone in the organization, including Mark and David, were on the same page that after the 2023 season, Hader wasn't going to be here because you can't pay a closer in Milwaukee six years, a hundred million. I mean, he's going to get, he's going to have the biggest relief pitcher deal in history after this year. So, but I think it was, it was Stearns decision to trade him. I think I really believe Stearns had full control and now you see Mark vetoing trades again and things like that. Like, oh, with the what was the Colton Wong? The Colton thing? Wong trade. Arnold wanted to trade Wong to to Boston for prospects, and Mark said no because he wanted guys that could win now. And I'm a Mark and sucks. What's that? I said, but doesn't Mark know that Colton Wong sucks? I mean, he's fine, but it, in Mark's defense, they got Jesse Winker because Mark vetoed the first trade. So, but. I'm a Mark supporter, but Mark made some very questionable moves back in the 2008-2010 era when when he was very involved. And it scares me now if if Mark's got his hands in everything because he doesn't trust the front office after the hater trade. Well, I'm going to promote the Hot Stove and Cold Brews event Wednesday, January 18th at Dugout 54. Doors open at 430, and then there's photo opportunities and then a live broadcast with uh, good buddy Greg Massick over at WTMJ. And I'm promoting this not for goodwill towards the Brewers or for goodwill towards a different uh, radio station in town. It's because I want so many people to go there that the Brewers look stupid for having this at such a small venue. I want so many people to go there and have them be mad that the Brewers are only allowing so many people. So I'm going to promote it in hopes that it's a disaster for the Brewers. I want people to go. The more people that go, the worse this event turns out for the Brewers. Hey, I'll, I'll agree with that. Uh, it's it's stupid. I would have rather had Brewers on deck. So, um, yeah, but I don't have much to say on that. But well, good to la- chat with you. I last think we're good. thing. Yeah. What's, 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 there's, a, there's a rumor that – well, it's not really a rumor. It was from a national verified guy on Twitter that there's two teams that are looking to sell in the next year or two. And a lot of speculation has been that the Brewers are one of them. I, I don't think that's the case. I think Ed Anassi was handing this down to his son. But all I want to say to Brewers fans that want the, the team to be sold is be careful what you wish for because look around at the other small markets. They don't spend as much money as the Brewers unless you're one of the two or three teams that have a $10 billionaire owner, dollar owner. So if you can get one of those, great. But careful what you wish for. Grass isn't always greener on the other side. 
Yeah, the Brewers' next owner is Mike Atanasio. I'm with I, mean, you. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how that's not like 100% clear. Unless he's, uh, unless he's, sell, Mark's going to sell the Brewers and buy uh, the MKE Pro Soccer, the, the Fighting Barts. I won't let him touch it. <laughs> I, won't, I won't let him touch it. Brett, good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, you too. See you later, Bart. My thanks again to Brett for his time. Hopefully, we heated you up with some hot stove content. I don't know much else about the Brewers right now except Dario Melendez is at fantasy camp and it rained on Sunday morning. That's a bummer. You get down there and it rains. Yikes. But I hope he has a good time. I do. And I hope to have Dario on at one of these points. I haven't reached out to him yet, but he would have been a part of Infrastructure Week, but we made up at the Hall of Fame. Although I could still I could still dub it that way. Oh, it's always fun. No other uh, infrastructure leads as of yet. I'm trying to have a week where I not apologize to, but make amends with some of my media enemies. Uh, and so far, no dice. Um, except I do hate Mike Wicked, and I always have him on. Just kidding. I'm kidding. I am kidding. I like Mike. Uh, the Bucks lost a couple of times. The Bucks lost on Thursday to the Heat. Giannis didn't play. It was kind of like telegraph that he wouldn't play. But then he didn't play again on Sunday or Saturday, rather. Saturday they had a game at a weird time, noon, our time. They lost to the Heat on Thursday, 108-102. They lost to the Heat on Saturday, 111-95. And even without Giannis, you know, it was a game that they were in. They let it get away. Heat shot a bunch of threes when it mattered. Gabe Vincent had 27 points, a high for him. Always seems to be some unknown dude. And, you know, you know Gabe Vincent, but the Bucks always give career highs. A lot of teams, I, I think if you go down like their bench, hey, by the way, who do you have a career high against? Oh, the Bucks. The Bucks. Yeah. Coach Bud. Some things we'll talk about the Bucks because it's still very football heavy and we did a little Brewers today, but so once the show is more Bucks heavy, and this will come up on some of our post-game shows. By the way, uh, a reminder, I will be doing one Monday afternoon for Bucks Pacers. Martin Luther King Day, Bucks play, a lot of day games, a lot of games all day. I will be doing a uh, post-game Monday in the afternoon to serve as the Tuesday show if you want to jump in or you can wait till the next day. And we'll talk you know, Cowboys, Buccaneers tomorrow and stuff like that. But I will be live on YouTube on Monday here. Uh, today, the 16th. And I think with the Bucks, some of the things we'll talk about are Coach Bud sucks. I mean, he's clearly Giannis won him that championship. And you look at a guy like Spolstra, and it's just one game, but Spolstra takes these guys and puts a co- he, he coaches. He 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 coached and won a game. Bud doesn't, I don't really know what he coaches. He he seems frustrated and he puts guys in and subs guys out. I don't know. I know when he came here, it was like, hey, here's the squares he puts because he's telling guys to take threes. Okay. I mean, anyone could do that. Invent something. I, I don't know. I still feel overall good about the Bucks. At the beginning of the season, I said they're winning the title, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I think they do need their wing guys to step up. I, I think they need... 
I, th- I think they need a lot of stuff. They can still win it. I think Middleton comes back with Coach Bud. They can still win it. But they could have a better chance of winning it if they had better players and a better coach. I think that's where I'm at with the Bucks right now. Also, no Giannis, and he's hurt, as they say. But if you're a Heat fan and Giannis is coming twice and the Bucks are coming twice, you think one of those days you're going to see Giannis play, right? And you know that, ah, I might go to the Thursday game. He doesn't play Saturday. I'll take that risk or vice versa. He didn't say play either time. And I was watching an NBA game. I think it was on Friday night. Jokic wasn't playing for the Nuggets. And the announcers had said something. Or this might have been in the Bucks game even. But some announcer at some point said, one of the things, oh, maybe it was the Clippers with Kawhi. Either way, it doesn't matter. One of the announcers says, one of the things, the themes this year is trying to win when your guys are out. Because a lot of guys are out a lot of the time. And some of it is injury, but some of it is also like load management. And some of these teams know that they're going to be in the top six. And so they do give guys nights off, which is totally understandable if the goal is to win a championship. But you're also trying to put out a product that people are engaged in and like. And this is alienating those people, especially if you go pay to see it. So there's there's the point from a competitive from trying to win a title. I can't I can't be too mad. But if you're like, you know, if you go to a Bucks game and they trot out some of those crap lineups, you're like, well, what, why did why did I pay to come see this? So I, I it's just that's that's something I think we'll be talking about here in the coming uh, in the coming days. One more voicemail. This one's from Paul. 402-915-BART. Oh, and shout out to UWM. Tim Shea uh, is now a credentialed member of the media. Me and Tim Shea are now media credentialed for Panthers basketball games. He went on Saturday. Unfortunately, they lost. But uh, we're going to go to a game at some point. All right, here's Paul. Hi, Bart. It's Paul calling from Milwaukee. Just wanted to say, uh, great podcast. Keep it up. I'm not a huge fan of the YouTube portion, but the cool thing is it's all still pretty perfectly relevant the morning after when I listen to the podcast. But uh, I wanted to touch on base with something that came up in the last week or so. Uh, would you trade Aaron Rodgers knowing you're only going to get one Super Bowl out of the guy? I looked back and the Packers are 23 and 20 since 1992 in playoff games. Um, That's 43 games, a lot of good times. Yes, a lot of franchises would be happy with that, but that reminds me of the greatest comment any sports commentator has ever made in the history of sports commentating. That would be you, Bart. I don't care about other franchises. And we don't. We don't care. So it's a tough spot to be in. I mean, there's a lot that goes into 43 playoff games, but for two Super Bowls, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, that brings us up to something you said last week. How did this franchise screw this up? That's really the big question. I mean, Favre, Rodgers, they've been great to watch all these years. But how did this franchise screw it up? Uh, that's where we sit. Uh, go Bucks. Fire Shade. Have a good one. 
Paul doesn't like Tim Shea. Well, I do. I love Tim. Paul, thanks for the call. Uh, I, I just that's the that's I don't like that argument. I don't I don't like talking about other franchises when I'm talking about the Packers. The Packers in 30 years have been two quarterbacks, one Super Bowl each. It could have been more. And so that's what I talk about. Would you would you rather be a Bears fan or a Lions fan or a Vikings fan? No, I wouldn't. But keep in mind that all of the when you try to come up with the top 10 most awful Packers games, keep in mind all of those games were fun moments for Bears, Lions, and Vikings fans. Keep that in mind. Also, the Patriots. Yes, they won a bunch of Super Bowls and they were in a bunch of Super Bowls. Please, they never once ended the Packers season. Do not bring them up. The Packers, like the Patriots, had an easy division, had the number one seed or the number two seed a lot, a lot of playoff home games, and they didn't take care of business. New England on a whole did. Sparky makes a point. They win a decade without a title, but then they got it, and you don't even remember it. You don't even, you don't even think about that. You just think of the Brady era, and there are a bunch in the beginning and a bunch at the end. You don't think about the years when they didn't make it, because they started winning at the end again. If Rodgers won us one of these last three years, if Rodgers won the Super Bowl, the whole narrative changed. He won two Super Bowls. Yeah, we still don't like Seattle and all these other things, but they won two Super Bowls. And they won at the beginning and they won at the end. It doesn't matter. They won two. It would just go so far. One thing is, well, why, why don't you just be happy with what you got? Yeah, I don't know. You got 85-year-olds running WWE into the ground. You think that he'd just be happy with what he got and give his legacy to his kids but he wants to get one big payday. You got all these people in Congress that are like 95 rigging rules to still benefit them because they're rich. Why don't they just hang it up? People just want more. And I want more. So give me more. Monday, live show, Paul, be there or be square. We've got Bucks Pacers reaction coming up on YouTube. The podcast tomorrow will include that as well as the uh, wrap-up of Wild Card Weekend with one more game tonight. I also think Super Wild Card Weekend is a dumb name. Uh, I will be with you tomorrow. See ya. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.